0: Now, this is Hollywood Unlocked. What up, everybody? It's Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. I'm Jason Lee. Yo, yeah, it's DJ Damas. Let's get the show started. All right. And Melissa is still out. So we're sending our love to her. Um, but we have a special guest here who we've been talking about on our show a couple of times. Um, and she has, she pulls no punches, which is what I love Amanda Seals. She's here. You know, she's. I didn't know whether to say comedian, actress, director, writer, TV personality, poet, singer, rapper, provocateur, social media maven, like I don't even know. But I like
1: always, I always lead with comedian cuz it's the comedy that keeps me sane.
0: Okay. So I know we've never met, which is kind of weird, but do you don't really be out in the Hollywood scene, right? You you're not that person. No. Yeah.
1: I hate it so much.
0: I know yet you're like enthralled in it all over the place.
1: You know, Jason, that is not by design. (laughs) Um, I, you know, it's, it's a side effect. It's really just a side effect of, of just doing good work at first. It was just like, I was afforded the opportunity to have like spaces to do good work. Like I did my special and I'm on insecure and, um, and then my podcast, Small Doses, started getting traction. And then Smart, Funny, and Black. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's just like, in the in the best sense, you know, there's a meritocracy that, like, by doing good work, more people know about you. Uh, so that ends up happening. But then you feel like you got to, like, be in the mix in order to, like, do more good work. And that's where they get you.
0: <laughs> so, uh. but you're born and raised in Los Angeles, right? So you're from what? You're from Inglewood?
1: So I was born in Inglewood. I, I grew up in the Valley until I was eight. Then I moved to Orlando until I was 18. And then I was in New York until 2015. So I went to school, undergrad at SUNY Purchase and graduated at Columbia in New York. And then I was really just doing hosting. I was doing music. Then I changed gears. I had a whole other name, Amanda Diva. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I was on MTV. I was on Sirius L.A. Radio. Uh, and then uh 2011 i was just like in scene and i went to my actual given name amanda seals and i started venturing into comedy i did some one woman shows that really gained some traction like one of them i even got to do at the kennedy center last year mo better woo where i took wu-tang records and turned them into jazz and i performed them as this crazy character named kalandra b that's another conversation. <laughs> uh, and then I moved to L.A. in 2015. I, I Once I really got into comedy, comedy is really where I found my tribe and where I, rea- where I really realized, like, oh, like, it's not that you're a misanthrope, and it's not that you're mean. You're just a comic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> got it. Um, and so that's where I've been ever since. And then when I moved to L.A., I just kind of realized that, like, I had done a lot of work that was valuable to me, hmm. but that didn't, Elevate my market value in the space in the market space, and so I had to make a conscious decision of like, well, if you're trying to really continue to expand your voice and your artistry, like, you got to do better work. Like, you got to involve yourself in stuff that actually has substance and meat to it. And so I stopped doing like hosting auditions, and I started focusing more on doing acting auditions, and just focusing on on my standup. And then over the past few years, it's just developed into. Um, you know, kind of this visibility that I feel is a gift and a curse.
0: Well, that's, that's interesting because that's where I am now. Like everybody knows the Hollywood Unlocked. They know the podcast, they know all that, but now I'm getting to the work that I did before when I worked in the labor union. So I I totally understand that. I want to get to that, but knowing more about you out of everything that you're doing, why did you choose comedy? Like comedy? Cause like, cause when I think of Amanda Seals, I don't think of comedy at first. Right. I think, activist um you know uh you're very controversial in the sense that good controversial not like thanks you know because being controversial is okay well being controversial is okay though because sometimes when you just don't agree you're controversial when you have an opinion you're controversial and when you're black and you say anything you're controversial right mm. so like i get that
1: and there's a difference between being controversial and contrary Like I don't just disagree with shit just to disagree, you -hmm. know, like I have a reason and it's a valid reason. And if you disagree with my reason, then, you know, welcome. Mm -hmm. But I think some people are controversial because of they want attention. So they're just being contrarians just to get attention or just to shake something up. And I'm not trying to shake shit up. I'm trying to shake shit down. So I'm not going to say something unless it's going to be for the, intention of feeling like this needs to be called out to dismantle it for the purpose of justice or of goodness.
2: Now, you you talked about comedy choosing you. I know Jason asked, how did you get in comedy? When did you feel like you were chosen?
1: See, that's the thing. It's like, you know, if you talk to anybody that's in, you know, these these places like that are in front of people. Right. So Mm -hmm. musicians, preachers, um, even teachers. Right. Like there's It's like there's always there was always something about them Mm. that leaned in this direction but it took a little bit of time for some folks to actually be able to put the the two and two together like oh this is what i'm supposed to be doing i was always a funny person now i'm intense but i'm a funny person like i'm always trying to find the the jokes and find the funny and since i was a kid like you know it was like oh man's Show them, show them the thing, you know, dance that, you know, and it's like, and it's, it's me demonstrating some skit that I made up in the living room. So like, that's always been in the mix. But when I say comedy chose me, it was like, I came to a point where I realized that my, all these different points of um, interest that I had really worked to cultivate, whether it be like hosting or writing or music, et cetera, like the only place that they felt like they really converged was under the umbrella of comedy. Mm. And all of a sudden, once I was a comic, it was like, well, you host, right? And you write, right? And you you know about these other things, right? Whereas without comedy, it was like, so I don't understand. You host, you write, you do music. <laughs> like, ah, this doesn't make sense, you know? <laughs> so it just became this thread that tied things together and made made what I do more palatable for others. And to be honest, more clear for me.
0: Made it digestible. So now, so in terms of your activism, this is what I've always been. I find you very interesting, right? Like I sit back on my Instagram and, (laughs) you know, I peruse social media and I'm really like an internet whore. Like I just love what the fuck is going on. Although I don't care, really. I just want to know, you know? Um, So let me ask you, does your activism come from a place of being educated on how we got to where we are, which we're going to get into later with the civil war going on outside or having gone through it, right? Like I just wrote my first book where I really- You better write a book. Oh, baby.
1: baby. Let 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 me tell you something.
0: As a matter of fact, I'm going to get you a copy too
1: that's an author well while we're
0: talking about books i know i want to get into it because the the potent truths for all for every day like i need to like i i just had a yama on the show where i was telling me that i was telling her that her book look y'all about to start pulling out stuff <laughs> 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 ah. I got a brush. Black like you black when you just be got be an a,
2: elephant sitting on your. T-
0: I
1: love that. I love that there is an African and carved element.
0: Elephant. <laughs> but in interviewing Iyanla, uh, you know, I was saying to her, her book, uh, Until Today, which was an everyday kind of affirmation book, really got me through my life after my brother was murdered. And it was one of the things that I think really helped me like piece together, like looking optimistic every day instead of seeing the world falling apart. But does your activism come from a place of education? Um, or experience, or both?
1: Absolutely both. Absolutely both. I mean, I... You know, one thing about being a comic is that you're hyper-aware. And I think for a lot of comics, they would agree that finding comedy became this, this element of therapy for them because they had a place to apply their awareness. They had an actual, like, stage and a craft upon which they could filter... This hyper awareness that they have, without letting it just completely always go inside. Mm. So, that being said, like my experience, I mean, I've always been a hyper aware person. You know, like don't think that I miss that you just put up a brush like that. <laughs> we didn't get to laugh because I was focused on something else. But I love that you had the brush present, so you can make sure that. Oh, every-
0: let me take something. Yeah. That, brush, that brush is everything. <laughs> right, is everything.
1: So there's that, but then there's the education and. And I went to um, I went to two schools and I was very fortunate to be able to curate my my education for college. And I think a lot of students just don't trust themselves enough to do that. And they just kind of go along with the flow. But I really tell people, like, curate your experience the best that you can, because when you get out of there, it's every man for themselves. And what you learn in that safe space was safe as we try to make it what you learn in there that can never take away from you. So you wanna try and make sure that you get everything that you can. So I say all that to say that I was able to curate an education of black intellectualism mm. and the arts, both in undergrad, cause I created my own major in undergrad after I left the acting conservatory. And then I went to Columbia for African-American studies and my professors just understood me, yo. And that's the biggest blessing, like having educators that understand you, like my first day of class, Manny Maribel rest in peace he walked in with his Frederick Douglass haircut and was like, do y'all want hip hop to die? And we were like, oh my God, okay, all right, all right. We're (laughs) in the right place, we're in the right place. Um, And so my education has always been aligned with my experiences, uh, sometimes in ways that I didn't realize and sometimes in ways that I curated. I mean, he literally, one day we were in class and he he was like, look across the street, what do you see? And we were all like, buildings. He's like, no, you see projects. He's like we're at columbia university and that's the projects right there this street right here is the widest street in new york city because for them to be right there but not have access to us here that's what we're trying to close the gap on Mm. and that's education meeting experience and i feel like that's what drives everything i do
0: so when when i heard that you were the latest addition to the real you know i had been to the real one time uh, I haven't been invited back. Which no segue, is- by the way,
1: y'all. You heard that? No segue. <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> we are.
0: And oh, see. Uh, oh, let me tell you something. This is a cutaway show, if I've ever seen one. We cut straight to the, just cut straight to it, right? Um, you know, I was on the real one time, and you know, I've been on Wendy several times, and I've been on different shows. And the thing about the real that stood out for me was the reaction to how blunt I was about what I was there to talk about. And it was almost like, you know, when I'm on Wendy, like where I could see the vibe. Oh, like, who
1: was reacting? The guests or I mean, no, the no, no, the, were, the,
0: the guests were there for me. The guests were like, yes, 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 yes. I think Adrian was definitely there for me, but I can tell like I was because I am so uh, off the cuff and very like you don't even know. Unpredictable is the word. Uh, and honest that it really makes people uncomfortable. Um and I just felt like it was different. But anyway, I wasn't invited back and that's fine, whatever. Now when you got the job, I was like, she what this ain't gonna work. This is not gonna work. Because you are you're not, you don't give me um that you have the Hollywood uh uh what do you what's that thing With where the they wind cutter No, no 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 you know how that when they wind a puppet they that was that thing in the back where you wind it up the gear like it, it you don't seem to be the person that like the hollywood could kind of like twist your thing and say okay now go out there and do your thing and i think tamar was very much similar like that um i didn't think you were gonna work i was praying for you did you think when you got the job that they were really gonna embrace you being as woke mm. as you were when you say they who do you mean well the network the production company unless it was the host was it your co-host i don't know
1: no um, because when you say they, it ends up being bigger than I think a lot of us ever really think about, like, there's a whole audience that's accustomed to a certain kind of content and a certain format, you know, so you've got to contend with that. Uh, you do have your co-hosts, then you have the actual, like the crew, right? So that's your showrunner and your producers and all that. And then there's the network. So there's all, there's a lot of facets at work, right? And then there's also like your own people. Right, like, and, and do they, are they hitting you up like, yo, you you screwing up like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and so that's something like when you when you're in these spaces, like a lot of times you can kind of mm, just overshoot like your own security into spaces that you don't really know. So like for me, I had been a guest on the Real several times, and I just had such a great time, and it felt like a really safe space, and it felt like when I was there, like they understood my voice. And that I was gonna have the opportunity to um just be my honest self. And I, I, I'm listen, I don't run from an adventure. So it was like I've never been on I've never even had a job that happens every day. Yeah. You know? So it was like, oh, okay. And I, I am I was going through a time where I was feeling very unsettled and it just I welcomed the opportunity to be going somewhere every day where I would have my own space, right? I'd have my own dressing room, and I'd have my my team, like my glam squad that I love, and and I would have a certain level of regimen. Um, and I also welcomed just the opportunity to be able to be on a platform speaking honestly, and and I really, honest, honestly, I oftentimes are in isolated spaces, so it was like, oh, like I get to be with other women, um, where we can share ideas, and you know. Not, necessarily. But,
0: but, but Lonnie dates a white man, and Tamara has a white husband who treats her like a house Negro. So, like, did you really feel like you were gonna connect with them as a black woman?
1: I don't know how Tamara's husband treats her, and you know, whether Lonnie dates a white man or not, that's none of my business. What I did respect though, was that they respected me every time I had been there prior. That's so there was, was no ask. reason for me to consider that to be any different and, you- and 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 for what it's worth, you know, I think a lot of people also don't understand that like we work in these spaces as coworkers and you don't always get along at every moment, at every time with your coworkers. Like there's going to be distractions. There's going to be disagreements. Like there's going to be also just like the, the learning curve of each other. So I'm not going to say that every day was, was roses, but I will say that I think it's very important that when we bring new people into new spaces, that we make everybody feel safe. So, And and that's up to the, production company and the network
0: so lunel was on my show recently and she basically said Lonnie's a bully I, i'm gonna just get straight to who 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 would you say was the person that because i really don't know the veil behind the show behind the veil i just know the show right and i know what the optics of what people say was Lonnie supportive was was Jeannie supportive adrian like was it a clash between the hosts or what was it specifically
1: Well, one thing I want you to know is that I'm not a gossip. So I don't come here and talk shit about nobody.
0: Takes me out the equation.
1: (laughs) That's not my bag. I don't get a bag doing it. So there's no reason for me to do it. It doesn't elevate anybody. What I will say is that I am not interested in keeping the secrets of the sinister. So you'll never have to worry about me not talking about shit that need to get talked about. As far as as my co-hosts go, um, you know, everybody... Approach me in their best of intentions, hmm. and I will always say that everybody approached me with the best of intentions. And I think that different that that comes at different levels for different people. Like someone like Adrian, like listen, I've known Adrian since. Um, hold on, I've known Adrian since 2009. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we have a different relationship than someone like me and Jeannie, who like just met. Right. And, and someone like me and Lonnie, we, sorry, I'm trying to, yeah. And
0: Adrian, Adrian has been a big supporter of Hollywood Unlocked. She's actually the reason I think why I got on the show. And when I posted today, well, I didn't post it, but when my team posted your video where you had talked about leaving, she liked it. Um, So clearly she still supports you. And I'm not asking the (laughs) gossip, like who they're all sleeping with. I don't care.
1: I'm gonna be on live with Lonnie in a couple minutes, like after this. Like well, I'm be there
0: watching yeah.
1: Tamara <laughs> is sending me five <laughs> bottles of sister wine that I so that I can give them to my team for launching SFB Society. Uh, Jeannie actually called me while I was doing my small small doses forum. Y'all like I get a bad rap because people like to say things like, oh, her co-hosts don't like her and people don't like her. No one ever asked me, do I like the people I'm working with? That's
0: what's mm. always fun. Well, um, excuse you, me. No, I, no, 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 no. Excuse me. I was going to no, ask you, asked- you. I was well, going to ask you. Happen- I was going to yeah. ask you. Well, I was going to. Well, girl, I got to get there. I can't do it at the top of the show. Well,
1: I would say this up until this point, people never ask me that. They create all these narratives around me because they look at me as someone like, well, Who would like her? She's too honest or she's not going to let me get away with my bullshit or she's loud, et cetera, et cetera. On the flip side, I get so many folks who are like, yo, thank you for making me feel secure and being honest. Thank you for making me feel strong and being vocal. Thank you for making me feel powerful and being pure. And I just I'm in a town that is built on values that I don't live by. So I'm always gonna end up in scuffles with different folks in different places, whether it's coworkers or people in management or across the board, because when you come from, like when you're dealing with people who literally are doing things based on simply just fame and money and those things are not-
0: That's what I was gonna ask you, or power, right? Or power.
1: Fame, money, and power. Like those things don't drive me. They don't. And it's so, and, and like, you literally, I see people like, she got fired. And I'm like, first of all, y'all ain't nobody to lie to. Like, uh, if I got fired, you would hear me making an uproar about, can you believe these practices? <laughs> me? Like, that's you what th- you would be hearing.
2: Do you think it's just the culture of entertainment overall? Like, what yes. the, uh, What it stands on? Do you feel like you just don't, I guess, blend with the culture of entertainment, traditional entertainment in a corporate sense?
1: Yep. I, I make, with my best efforts, I make work that serves me creatively and serves the people with social change. That's like always the two endpoints that I come into. And, you know, when you're moving with that intention, you bump up against a lot of folks in this space because they're not. And in the beautiful, there's beautiful times where it aligns, right? Mm-hmm. There's beautiful times where like when I did bring the funny on NBC, like that was the one of the, that was one of the best working experiences I've ever had. Because even though it's just like, okay, it's a funny show. Like it's not deep. It's not, you know, like we're changing, you know, we're moving the needle on activism, but I was treated there with respect and with appreciation by everybody from the staff, like from everyone, from the PAs to the head of NBC studios. And my voice was considered, right? Like, it wasn't like, oh, you're a talent. Like, we'll let you know what to do. It was like, no, we brought you here because you're you've proving yourself in a certain way. So let's honor that. And I think for a lot of us, um, we are in this business and we don't even think that we have the right to demand that.
0: Hmm. No, I love that. And when you were talking about the misconception earlier uh, that, the, that the educator was ta- talking to you about, um, or, or or the way you phrase that, I was thinking, because I was trying to find a way and where to ask you what the biggest misperception of you is. And I think you kind of already spoken to it because I know one of the things when you come up around here, I see all the comments, right? Because I, I don't post anything on Instagram, but I do go through the comments. Because like I said, I'm a social media whore, right? And I see like you have a lot of support and I do see a lot of criticism, but I also get it because I got the same thing. Um, and so my question around the host stuff wasn't really to get you to bash them. Cause I really don't care about that. I remember that extra interview that you guys did when you first came on, like, you know what I'm talking about. Right. And I look at people and I look at behavior and I remember like, I was watching you, you were clearly feeling a certain way about what was being said or how you, it, how she was saying it, because I do feel like words have power and you can kind of like paint a picture without really blatantly saying anything, right? But I saw Jeannie grab your hand. I saw Lonnie grab your hand. I was like, (laughs) if that ain't a support group right there, I don't know what the hell that is. Cause they're like, oh shit, (laughs) oh man, they're But but it's the grabbing of the hand thing that made me say, is she going to really have the freedom Mm. to be her? So I hear you, because because I I like, are they grabbing
1: my hand to calm me down?
0: I'm looking at it like, why grab your hand at all? Like maybe in their heads, it's we're gonna support you by grabbing your hand, but not because like you can speak and stand for yourself. You ain't have no problem saying whatever you feel or think. I didn't know if 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 it was them grabbing your hand to say it's gonna be okay, don't say nothing, or I'm just rubbing your hand because I'm supporting you, or or what that was. I didn't know what that was. That's why I'm saying
1: only they can say what it was. I know what I felt in that moment was like, girl. I know that this this broad is. Wild right now. Don't you're the only one thinking it. You know, and sometimes you just need to feel seen to know how you want to handle it. And so in that moment, I felt seen. You know, I felt like both of them were letting me know, like, you're not crazy. She's bugging. <laughs> you're not crazy. She's bugging. Because, um, and, and and for what it's worth, I ask that all the time, like, am I bugging? Am I bugging? You know, and so it was a silent way of like, you're not bugging. But she got to get bugged on though. Um, so that's how I took it.
0: So the last the last question, because really, I didn't want to talk to you today about the real. But of course, you're trending right now because of the conversation earlier. When you go to the Breakfast Club and hopefully here, you feel like I can I can let my hair down. I can say whatever I want. I feel at home. You know, I love the Breakfast Club, one of my favorite shows to go on. Um, Did you feel that way there? And if the answer is no, you broke down the different layers of who has the the crew, the audience, the network, the producers, and your co-host. Where was the broken chain and all of that for you? The leadership. Wow. The
1: leadership. Okay. And that was a lesson I learned, and I think for anybody who's watching, who's a talent, and who is you know working in this in the space, a, a lot of times we are only considering the the people that we're going to be on camera with, and we don't necessarily vet like the production company or the network or the actual showrunner, you know, we don't vet these things. We, we kind of just feel like, ah, we'll figure that out. But these are the people who are actually going to be, you know, for choosing the content that you're doing. And they're going to be the ones walking you through the steps every day. And, you know, they're the ones who are talking about, you know, the projection of the show and where it goes, which means you and where you go and, and how things are set up around you. So you have to, um, do your due diligence in that space. And I, I didn't. And I think that the leadership there, again, I will always, I, for the most part, I will always say like, we'll have the best of intentions. But I think that what we really realize, especially with what's going on in this nation is white people waking up to understanding the limitations to their abilities and understanding that, no, you don't know everything. No, you're not the best at everything. And there is a lot that you have not been privy to simply by just ignoring it. And once you have no. that awareness, you have to fill in those spaces with people who have been privy to that. So, you know, I am I was on a show that on its core base is, okay, these are diverse women. That are talking about things and keeping it real to a diverse audience. Well, in reality, it's being run by, you know, a white woman who doesn't have the connection to that experience, you know. And our our topics are being picked by someone who doesn't. And you know, our mm. our chat is produced by a, a white man, um, you know, who even if he has the best of intentions, he has a disconnect by simply his experience in the world from what we're going to be addressing. And then we have you know, executives on the way up who are all white women. And again, they have the best of intentions for their company and for their it's network, not the but not necessarily for my culture. How could they? Mm-hmm. They're not connected to this, which is why representation is so important, which is why having black folks and people of all colors are, in, are necessary in these, rep- in these um, executive positions. And oftentimes we have executive positions where they've only made room for one VP. You know, they've only made room for one executive producer. Well, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but sometimes you're going to need to vary that because you're going to need to vary the perspective so that people are, there's not one person of power that's making these decisions who doesn't have enough of an understanding of the limitations of their vantage point. So there's that, and well, then but- there's the audience, right? The audience got accustomed to a whole specific type of content, and mm-hmm. that's out of my control, Um when I was brought in, I felt like I was coming into a space where like my voice is going to be welcomed uh, by the staff and, you know, by the producers and by the network. And I think the the and when again, when I say leadership, it's because. If you're going to upset the apple cart, like you got to brace it
0: <laughs> and you, and, and, and you got to brace it and embrace it. Right.
1: And so you got like if you're going to if you're going to build a new if you're going to level up. You got to put buttresses in place, okay? Like you can't just add a new floor on a building just like that. Like you're going to probably have to put new stilts. You're going to have to support it. So that comes in a number of different ways. You're going to have to support the people who've already been there. You're going to have to support the person who's coming in. And you're going to have to support the audience who's been expecting something. And that happens through thoughtfulness and planning and foresight. And when those things are lacking, people feel betrayed. So a lot of the audience just felt like they were betrayed because who is this new broad? She's changing our content. She's talking about race every day and they took that out on me in really painful ways. Like really painful ways.
0: But how crazy but how but how crazy is it now? Hmm. All we're talking about Uh-oh. every motherfucking day is race. Hello, right? What's the so name of my special.
1: What's the name of my special? Can
0: we talk right
1: I be knowing
0: <laughs> Okay, so but this goes back to like the whole conversation I've had about ownership, right? Like when I first wanted to get in the game, I was like, do I want to go here? Do I want to go there? I've had development deals, this deal, that deal, whatever. The last one I had was, we love everything you do, but we may want to change the name. Yeah, it's because you want to yeah. own it. Bitch, I own Hollywood Unlocked. You would have to license it. I would own it. I'd be peeing it. I would be hosting it. I'd be in every room. So until, but, and I've always felt like the industry is not ready for that because I'm not a, to- I don't believe in tokenism. Don't make
1: that lie. Don't believe that. Wait, lie. No, let me, no, no, me. They had let me, no problem with Louis C.K. doing it. Carry on.
0: Okay. Mm. But I'm saying for a person of color, I may not be yeah. the blackest man, but I'm a black man, right? And so I've always been big on ownership, right? Um, you have your podcast, your book, all of which is yours. You own, operate, brand, control. Don't you now, I mean, don't you believe like, until we start really focused on building our own tables, like we can't even like look at the seats that are open because we know that they're open for people who are going to come in and just feel a, a, like a check a box off. Right. Do you feel that?
1: I feel like, yes, but I feel that like that's not, it's not a full stop. Not everybody is a leader. Not everybody is self-motivated. Mm. Not everybody is a creative and a self-starter. So, you know, there's a lot of people I know who, who fantasize about ownership but can't run shit, yeah. you know, that they got to know that limitation the same way that I had to learn the limitation that I can't work for nobody but me. And, <laughs> and the only way for me to do that is to work in partnership, right. Fact, and to, to work in partnership where we are both seeing eye to eye and there's an understanding and a respect there. And it's taken a long time for me to admit that to myself because of exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. We are so often made to feel like that's preposterous. You know, how dare you own your own? No, you can't come on. You need us. You need us. When in actuality all you need is the people.
0: Facts. Facts. Yeah, okay. Wait. That's I lied. Right. One more question about the show. When you were saying when you <laughs> yeah. were sitting next to Jeannie, did you say what you mean you like a white man with a little dark with a with a little what she say? A little black man on the side. I of had someone? never
1: I had never heard of her saying that until the day that she announced that she was <laughs> engaged to Jeezy.
0: <laughs> didn't you want didn't you want to turn around to her and hand her a textbook from that master's uh African American studies class because I love Jeannie like she's so sweet right and I've seen her and Jeezy together clearly they really love each other um but did but I think the people just are not even aware I just I don't know
1: well that's you know I I talk about what's going on right now in in like there's three phases there's the people who are already here there's a the people who have no business being here, and there's a the people who are finding out that here even exists.
0: You know? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm.
1: And there's just like a, a there's a, a ru- there's an eruption of consciousness happening right now, and it's a beautiful thing. But it's,
0: I like that. I'm writing an that down.
1: It's of still that just make
0: I'm, me think. I'm, to feel I'm still in that. Um,
1: okay. My words are my power. No, there's there's an eruption of consciousness that's happening right now, and it's it's gonna be important that we do our best to guide you know that and to galvanize that into actual action and i think that there's folks you know who aspire to having consciousness and awareness but don't necessarily know the route to get there and i think there's people who may have thought that they were already there and are finding out like perhaps not um but i i I will never take away from effort and interest, because there's, yeah. so, there's, there's so many folks in this country that just haven't even given a fucking damn about anything other than their white supremacy and their bubble, and not even understanding that only caring about your white bubble is white supremacy, just a side note. Because <laughs> yeah. there's people that think, well, if I'm not wearing a, if I'm not wearing a KK, if I'm not wearing a KKK hood, like I'm clearly not a racist. And it's like you, if you can, have you heard of living single?
0: I be, I was on Living Single. I was, a, I was I was the the ex, excuse Sing? me. You, you know Dana's my sister. So I, of course I was I was on a date. No, that would mean you was, was on Who Living always Single. showed me love
1: and support. Shout out yeah. to Queen on People who always showed me love the and support. Queen. Shout out to Snoop jump on my live this morning and show me love. Like, like the just a side note, like the the OGs showing me love and, like, understanding my messaging. I,
0: I, I saw Dana post you the other day, and I was like, I love that, you know, because Dana's been through a lot, too. People don't yep. remember all the stuff that she's gone through to get to mm-hmm. where she is, and I'm sure at that level she sees it, and I love that she's still, she's still grounded in what we're going through, you know? So I love I'm that Jersey. she shared that, yeah. do
1: always be grounded. She from Jersey and hip-hop. But
0: right. just,
1: just to add to what you were saying about autonomy, my mom always says, you take their money, you take their shit.
0: Yeah. And... I'm still in that too, (laughs) but I feel like you got to know
1: that, and sometimes you got to do that. Hold
2: on, hold on. You said sometimes you got to do that. Take the money. Yeah,
1: sometimes you got to take their money and take their shit. When I was on Sirius Satellite Radio, I wanted to quit every day. Like, know that feeling. And it would be my mom, and it would be Q Tip, and it would be DJ Self, like having to talk me off the ledge. Like, you can't, you can't, you because I didn't have another end road. Like this Mm -hmm. was all I needed, but I was just like, I hate this. This is the oppression. And you know, and it was so it was so frustrating to me to have to be demeaned in order to just get enough money to live. And so many people are living in that every single day. And like when you are able to reach a point where you can say, I'm not willing to put up with this because I don't need to. That feels like a whole other level of liberation, you know. And there's people who are like, she got, she must have got fired, because they can't even conceptualize saying no to money. Yeah.
0: But, but wait, wait, wait. But that goes back to what you were saying earlier, right? Like, I really feel like because we're so focused on acceptance or filling that open seat, that we don't put that same energy and drive into building our own table with oh, chairs. And I feel like sometimes like we we do more harm than good by taking those open seats instead of just sticking it out like our job, our partnership with uh, iHeart in 52 Markets. We are a partner. We don't work for them. They don't own my show. I own it. I own the digital like we have an amazing relationship with them as a partner for the very reason you said, because. You know, when you take their money, you gotta, you have to respond to them and, and deal with what they want you to do. So, wh- but everybody
1: ain't built like us, fam. Like, that's real. Like, they're not. And so, what you do have to do though is if you're in that space, you gotta. Re- I'd be like, listen, you may not be built like me, but you still do have a backbone. Maybe mm-hmm. your backbone ain't made of the same mahogany as mine, but <laughs> I need you. I need you to, to, to reach in there and find the essence because you're still a descendant. Mm -hmm. you're still a descendant. So it's in there. And, And you need to find that and let that be your grounding point in the work that you're doing in that space and in making it possible for the work we're doing in our own space.
0: But look at what's happening right now, right? Like in organizing, they say the way you get people to action, you inform them of the problem, you agitate them, and then you move them to action. There's a lot, like I love... When I saw them burn down AutoZone in Minnesota, I was like, listen, don't call me about <laughs> AutoZone because I don't drive, I don't know nothing about driving, and I don't go to AutoZone. What I know is I'm still angry about the man that died. And and so when, when people were online talking about don't burn, don't burn, I, I do believe since then it, the movement's starting to become hijacked by looters. But don't you feel like in the absence of like a leader, and I'm not saying we have to have one leader, but in the absence of leadership, And I'm not talking about the government, I'm talking about for our people and our movement. Don't you feel like right now we're agitated, but now what are we shaping this into? Like, what are we what are we shaping it into that will make the change that makes sense for us? Like saying uh, fire the D.A. when you elected her is probably not going to happen too soon. But if you register people to vote and you 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 find somebody within your community that you can get behind, like what do you feel like is going to bring about the real change right now with what's happening in response to George Floyd?
1: I think it's really going to be again this eruption of consciousness adds a whole new army of minds. Yeah. You know, and and bodies and and perspectives. And I think I and I I've been talking about this a lot because this is what we're talking about, but it's like we just we 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 think so finitely. We think in terms of now as if we're the end of the conversation. We are we are a comma in the conversation. Like this yeah. this is a continual
0: I'm still in I'm still in that. <laughs> Get your notepads ready. Oh, you know, oh I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on Good Day LA tomorrow, and she's yeah. gonna hear this shit. <laughs> no, sense. We are
1: all all of our generations are bridges to a better future, and so that's how we have to look at ourselves. Like we are somebody else's ancestors, so we can't look at it like, okay, well, if we don't make shit happen at the at the vision that we want to right now, then it's never gonna happen. But we do have to continue to push the needle forward, and I feel like that happens in one galvanizing this new consciousness into specific direct areas of change. Right. So really, really asking people to like, okay, you're agitated. What are you agitated about? Is it about prison reform? Is it about the police? Is it about people not voting? Is it about these trifling ass DAs? Are you agitated about racism? Are you agitated about these white people making decisions without caring about you? Okay. So like meditate on that. The next step of that is guess what? There's people who were agitated about this before you. So lucky you, you don't got to start this fight today. You can join people who have been in this fight. That alleviates a whole wave of, of confusion and of paralysis by not knowing what to do next. There's people who have been planning on what to do next for quite some time. So it becomes us then doing air traffic control to directing folks to these points Of light and to the work that's being done. This is not new. Abolition happened how many years ago? The same people are descendants of those people, Mm -hmm. so it's just it's just the comma in the in the continuance of a fight for change. And that is what is really going to be most important right now is us realizing like I am, I'm just I'm I'm pushing the stream forward. I'm pushing the stream forward. And you, as someone in media. It's asking yourself, like, okay, so how is this media space pushing things forward? How yeah. can I be a part of galvanizing these forces? You know, I can't, I, I'm talking until I'm blue in the face about the fact that we've got these black media spaces who I personally believe, and I don't know if they've had these conversations in private, but by their content, I don't necessarily feel like they're really rooted in how can we be a force for black change.
0: Well, and- we, we've tried to have the conversation. The problem is, is that. There's too many people looking at their own interests and not the collective. And so it's. Yeah, let's talk
2: about social cohesiveness. Like, I feel like that's what we need as a black community. What can we do? We can start the conversation here because we have our own platforms. We have our voices. What are some ideas we can come together to have some more social cohesiveness uh, within the black community? Because I feel like that's what's holding us back from getting where we need to get at, at this current point.
1: I strongly believe that until we really deal with our trauma and mental health, we will not be able to have that because it wow. is the trauma and the narcissistic traumas that we're experiencing that create narcissistic behaviors that enforce ego, that prevent us from being able to look at somebody else and see ourselves in them without feeling mm. like we protect ourselves from them. I
0: That's right 100% on. agree. That's well, right now on. let me ask you, what did you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's well, real, <laughs> listen, I, I, have, I have called the owners of every platform that you can think of that is like us and i've mm-hmm. had one on one conversations and it's either i don't like that bitch so i won't support or it's mm. that person lied to this advertiser or this person or whatever and i'm just like i love all of you so much let's all work together and you do get to a point where you're like you know what i got to focus on what but i'm doing because you, you know what i mean
1: because yeah. everybody because the oh, truth I- of the matter is if you're going to be who you are you're going to know that you're going to end up having to repeat these these change movements over and over again because everybody shows up to consciousness different at a different times and it's frustrating trust me i know because you're like i can't keep using my energy trying to elevate these people i, le- I led them to the water why won't they drink but <laughs> that is also part of the work of us man like as a people like people will be like yo like Amanda's always talking about black folks, even though black folks be shitting on her. And it's like, yeah, because y'all are still my people. And because I really know that like a lot of the folks that be shitting on me are are doing so because of the brainwashing that's happened. And people are probably whistling right now, like, who the fuck she thinks she is to say I'm brainwashed? <laughs> well, honey, you you probably are. I've been brainwashed and I had to work my way out of it and continue to do so. So I, I hope that you're I hope that you'll be willing to do that only because
2: other cultures uh, do it. Other I mean, folks do it, you watch the you. Jews do it. You know, they don't necessarily always like each other, but when they, they're working together for a bigger plan, and I feel like we're at that point where it's like, okay, am I might not like this thing you do here, this thing you do here, but we both have the objective to elevate our people, and that's what we have to think about first. We have to put all our minuscule problems aside, all of our personal desires, because this is bigger than us right now. Like you said, we're creating that new comma in the journey, and I want our comma to move a little farther.
1: I think that's a lot it. of folks... I think that you know one of the things like about talking about like what do we need to do to come together. It's like these are these conversations are super valuable, and there's a lot of people having these types of conversations because they help to recenter what our goals are. You know, I think a lot of people have different versions of what liberation means. You know, they have different versions of what overcoming means. There's people who literally think like freedom is having the opportunity to oppress at the way the white man does. Like that's Mm. what they think freedom is. Whenever I see people say like. What about Harvey Weinstein? I translate that to that. Like, I get it. You think that that person should also I get it that you feel like this person should 1000 percent be prosecuted. And thank goodness they were. But a lot of that, I think, comes from this idea that, like, how come the white man could get away with it? But we can't.
0: But, but I also asked the question, and I've said this, you know, I've been very critical of Kevin Hart here and other people, but I'll just use like what's happening right now. I see all the leaders on the streets with Black Lives Matter and different organizations that are doing a great job of organizing the people, highlighting opinion pieces or um, interviews that they're taking with Variety and The Hollywood Reporter. But we're posting every 15 minutes of every day and there's not even an, the outreach from them to their own outlets, right? And so wow. it's it, it's it's both ways. It has to be like a symbiotic relationship where, you know, yeah, Variety says you're doing a great job fighting for your people. You should find a way to embrace the work that's being done by those outlets that you ask for support. You know, because I, I think many well, times- a lot
1: of us also have white publicists who don't even know.
0: Oh, that, that's a whole other epi- a pandemic that's out there. But I, I absolutely yeah. agree. Like, 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 I feel like, you know, you you, 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 brands can't just show up when they want to make it look like they care during crisis and people who need black media can't always take us for granted you gotta hold you them know? accountable yeah, Absolutely.
2: but I think we take for granted how powerful black media is and that you know we're in a time where we don't really own a lot of our community but we are owning the media space and I feel like it would be great to be more cohesive and for people that are on those platforms to support black media more because more than ever we need you everybody's to voice
1: support be black media why? Because a lot of times, black media be really just trying to create conflict. That's what it be feeling like. And mm. a lot, and I'll and I'll keep it a buck. Black media has has had a lot of not fucking with me that I've had to really stomach and that has really hurt me deeply. Like just this, this there there there. Oftentimes, feels like there's more energy being put to like uncovering a hidden conflict or inciting some type of narrative, and it, less energy put to like. Well, let me do some research or let me even get a a quote. Um, You know, let me actually like like do a deeper dive um, into like the the full story of this versus just putting up a headline. And so a lot of folks feel like they can't trust black media. And I know that that may sound crazy, but it's one thing for white media to play you. It's a whole different thing when your people play you like it really feels different
0: yeah and i get it like i understand like we don't go on the hunt for stuff um but you know like doja cat's probably sitting at home dressed like a cow feeling this way right now right but like you your own words did it to yourself like girl i was just here eating a taco you know what i mean
1: i fuck with y'all and you know what it's the audience reflects it your audience don't be coming for me the same way that other audiences do because y'all don't present me in the same way that- Well,
0: others- I, I, I get you. I mean, I get you. I I, I, I get you. I, I don't know why you got kicked out that Oscar party because I know Vanessa, though. I do want to know what happened with that. And if we fix that...
2: <laughs>
0: okay, next question. All right, so let me ask you this. I live for you, Amanda. All right, next question. What are your takes on Blackout Tuesday?
1: Blackout Tuesday was confusing. I think- Again, it probably had the best of intentions, but I was, I was doing a, a, a forum for my podcast earlier and someone was asking me like, what can we do to help better, like create points of clarity for like things like that, right? Because it was like, it came into the mix and then it felt like it got disseminated in a different way than we thought. And like different people had different understandings of it. And I was talking about like, this is when we need black media to come together because what should have happened in a perfect, not even a perfect world, but in an ideal situation uh, is that there would have been a very clear presentation of what it was and what the outcome is hoped to be. And that would have been disseminated uniformly across black media.
0: Like the messaging was off and it happened on a day where there was election in nine states.
1: Well, so there's that, right? Because I think that whoever came up with it, the fact of the matter is I don't know who came up with this.
2: Yeah, because <laughs> it started know. It started last week, they were talking about all the DJs and everybody in the music industry was going to take a pause. So okay. I know it was starting there. And then I feel like the day before it happened, it took a whole new turn. I'm like, so we're not just streaming no more. Now we're and I we're not. And, and, I think, and, we're and not- what
1: was the purpose of the pause?
0: Listen, today I woke up. Li- this is how stupid I am. Oh,
1: I'm mean, I- I mean, in a real way. Like what would, like, yeah. what would I think
2: there? the purpose of the pause was to show uh, blacks influence on entertainment and to take a pause so they could take a hit just to show our power, our strength. But once again, the Monday I, before. This Tuesday bank
1: counts. That's all. All <laughs> well, I, these people need to do is look at their bank accounts, know our power and our strength.
0: Well, I I think it was opportunistic and I thought it was, you know, these black people who work at these labels had all this time to fight for equality. We go black on a day of elections. And then the next day they circulate a list of all the labels that haven't even spoken about the issue and haven't even donated money. The shit's all backwards. And that's why I say, I think like right now there's a lack of leadership and I feel conflicted because I participated because I saw the dumb shit as part part of solidarity. And then after I did the research, I was like, I'm I'm gonna still talk but, but we still fair.
1: But that's fair yeah. but you know what you know what Jason like we got to give some grace to ourselves. We're in a change. we're, we're tr- we are moving to a new space which is going to that eruption of consciousness doesn't you just took, you
0: took to- the words right out of my mouth. I was just about to use those words right the now. Eruption
1: that, <laughs> <look lost>. that <laughs> eruption of consciousness is not just in those who didn't know about racism or those who didn't realize how, how much these police was wha- acting up. Even you and I, right? Like we're having an eruption of consciousness because all this is happening. This energy is going to affect everybody. Right? So like you even saying like, damn, like I felt corny, like, cause I was about to go along with it for solidarity. And then I had to check the shit. It's like,
0: that is you being conscious of like, you know what? Oh no, no. I felt corny. I did go along. The next day I have I woke up. It's my eruption, the consciousness came a day That's later.
1: Fine, but you got here. Yeah. And so and so the thing is is that we're getting we're getting we're, get, we're I, making advancements in our awareness. That ain't never gonna happen to you again. I promise you. No, I don't think it's gonna happen to
2: all of us again because the, the big misconception and the confusion, I think everybody woke up. It was changes going on throughout the day, changed the hashtag and all this. I was I didn't like it overall, but I did like the the communication amongst our people yes, to you. make some kind of changes to it. Yes. I was like, this is the first time we were able to, people was DMing me, no, change this, change that. And I'm like on it, like, no, I'm going to change it right now. So it's like, it was a good thing in this.
1: They're thinking, we're engaging brains.
2: Man, you know how honestly, how this
1: Jason, this country has worked to keep black people dumb? I Not think- only black people, this country has worked overtime to keep everybody dumb. Nobody knows how this fucking system works. So how can they change it? Nobody. So the white people who are not evil, they're like, well, it's not really affecting me, so I'm going to just keep going how I'm going because somebody Mm -hmm. else up there is is making decisions that keep benefiting me, so fuck it. Then the other people who are like, damn i really need to make change they're like okay so all right so i gotta vote for a da okay wait wait there's also council meetings and council members i gotta vote for them too okay all right wait then did they just build a prison by my grand? you know like it's so much to keep up with that if you are trying to live a life and make a paycheck it's a whole other job to keep up with the amount of systems that are at work Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. to
1: keep you down it's a whole other job, and right now, what's happening is we need to identify. When you talk about leaders, we have to identify the people who's who have made it their job to learn those systems. Yeah, so and, 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 and support
2: and, them,
0: and become educated and know. Like, if you're talking about canceling Facebook on Instagram, Facebook owns Instagram. Figure out how to use Facebook to work for you. I I, I just can't. Like, we need more. I know. We need, okay, let me put a comma in this conversation by saying we need an eruption of consciousness now.
1: But you know what? Like, I literally, when I was on the reel, would have people be like, she just thinks she's so smart, you know? Or like, who does she think she is with these big words? And it was like, yo, y'all really mad? Cause I'm smart. What the fuck? Stop. Like, when did that become... And it's like, you know that that's that's a thing because that's what they want you to be. They want you to be dumb and they want you to feel like anybody who is not thinks they're better than you. And
0: that is not-
2: That's the division they created. One
0: one day I flipped to channel 11 and you had your hair blown out. It looked almost like an Afro. I said, I had to turn- No, no, I had- I know. I had to turn the channel because I did not want to see the discomfort of the people in your audience and your table because as much as they're your friends, I'm just telling you, you're-
1: no, they definitely were like,
0: uh-uh. there, was a moment,
1: there was a moment and then Tams was like, I just want you to know, you look stunning,
0: <laughs> like
1: stunning. And you know, I think it's like that Afro for folks, like anybody who knows me knows that I don't do gimmicks. Like I don't do fake shit or whatever. You know, like that Afro served two purposes. One, I was tired of putting all this bullshit-ass product in my hair to do the version of glam that TV is expected to see every time. And two, it was like, you know what? Like, I had just, when I came out in that Afro, I had just gone through a nervous breakdown. And I had to really, like, I had to call my mama and have my mom fly across the nation from Florida to L.A., like, Within less than 24 hours to be by my side, I had to, you know, call my therapist. I had to really, in that moment of crisis, face what had become like a year and a half buildup of just not really being able to manage the move that the elevation i had made in this business and the the level of misunderstanding of my spirit that i was like dealing with on a regular basis and um and so i then was like Fuck it i need to i just need to like deal with me i was in therapy i'm boxing i was going to reiki i'm doing affirmations like it just became like if you don't wrangle yourself from the claws of this shit ass system that somehow made you forget who the fuck you are like you're gonna get eaten alive and so many of our peers and so many of our stars that and celebrities that we see in these spaces like they're going through that right now and when I wore that afro that was me just being like you know what like I just I'm not I can't I gotta like live me like to the full extent with no with no apologies right now Sometimes, you know, you're in spaces where you may need to temper your energy. But at that time, it was like, if I have to temper this at all, like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go backwards into that space and I can't do it. Mm
0: -hmm. Do you think, do you think people are afraid? Do you think people misunderstand who you are because they're, they can't handle what you say and what you represent? Yes. I can see that. So okay, well shit, let's light this up <laughs> a little bit. Um by the by the no, way, the uh, I was thinking By MD the way, Diggity. I was I was No, 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 no cuz I've been there too. Like um, I get it, right? And I I just was thinking about the um Afro cuz I just saw these old clips of Angela Davis um on circulating online and I'm just like, you know, the the words of back then are just so more true now. Like it, making the comma in the conversation and like Understand because I've been too like perplexed with all the amount of activity of what's happening in all the different groups, right? Like, there's the opportunists, but then there's the people that are just realizing there's been a problem, and then there's the people that are like, there's been a problem where you've been like, I get it, and I think articulating that way is going to be helpful for the audience too, because it's just it's um, it's a very interesting time to say the least. All right, so the insecure, um, we watch the show, damage watches it more than I do, <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> Melissa Melissa watches it more than we all do. Um, how did that come about in, you guys are what, in, going into your fifth season yeah. now and just wrap your fourth season?
1: It's like, th- I, that's the one. I'd be texting Issa like, how are we in our third season? How are we in our fourth season? How are we in our fifth season? Like, because it always feels like, how did we get here? How did we, like.
0: I mean, uh, Issa's done a phenomenal job. All of you have of building a uh, um, an audience that's that's loyal as hell. I mean, like the audience loves. They the had show. no choice.
2: And it <laughs> and it no just choice. creates such dynamic conversations after the show. Like everybody's texting about it, calling each other about it, Facetime about it, having discussions, arguments. I had a friend said uh, over the first season, uh, her and her boyfriend almost broke up just off the conversation of what's going on between Lawrence and Issa's character, like. That's how
1: crazy. The show <laughs> I think HBO has done just a great job of working with Issa to center this show in its own unique space. Um, and that's what's really allowed it to like get that audience. And you know, Prentice and Issa and Melina, like they really were very, very thoughtful and, and, and Larry Wilmore in, in what they created. And I think so many black folks, like, we just want things that are refined and, and refined doesn't mean that it's not ratchet. Refined doesn't mean that it's not, you know, violent. Refined just means that people thought all the way through when they created it, you know, and so much of the stuff that we get that isn't made by black people is not refined. Like it isn't thought all the way through because they didn't even have the ability to do so because their experience is not that. So, you know, um, I did, I started on insecure 2016, April, 2016 um is when i got the call while i was driving down the 101 and um i've said this story many times but i went in to audition for natasha for uh the banker i went in for the banker and when i was sitting in the waiting room i was like well i'm not gonna get this part because i don't (laughs) have titties so (laughs) like i do like and they're they're nice you know they're nice but they're not like Features, you know. I, I
0: I know I know nothing about judging good or bad when it comes to a woman's breast. So Fair.
1: but you got I, my titties are like an, you know, what my titties are my titties are a award like a critically acclaimed short film. You know, <laughs> hey. it's not a commercial. It it's got some gusto to it. You know, it's not a trailer, but it's a critically acclaimed short film. However, like when I was in the waiting room, I was like, oh, these are film anthologies, this is the godfather. Like these are three part stories Um, because the bodies in there was banging, they was giving you, pow, pow, pow. And I being a producer and casting person in my own right, am very good at knowing when a part is not for me. Mm. Um, And I oftentimes, when I read certain roles that I'm auditioning for, I will forward them to fellow black actresses that I feel like it would be better for. girl trip i auditioned for girl trip i was one of the last women in in the running for tiffany's role and i was like i'm just here to meet y'all because i know this is tiffany's role like i'm just here to meet you Malcolm." i
0: I didn't even know you and tiffany went back she told me you guys have known each other for a long time that's crazy oh
1: yeah yeah right there she's the black unicorn and i'm the blonde unicorn um but yeah like i you know sometimes you go into auditions just because you've never met that casting director before or you've never met that director before and you just, you know, you want to be able to meet them. So I went in there like with full understanding. I was like, this is Tiffany's part. So I'm just going to be reading this so you can get an idea of my talent. Uh, but shout to Tiff, you know? And so um, I ended up going into the casting director and I read for the banker and I was like, Vicky Thomas is a casting director. I love Vicky. I was like, Vicky, can I, you know, I'm not going to get this part. Is there something else I can read for that I got a better chance of getting? And I just want to tell everybody out there who is an actor, who is an actress, who is non-binary and just be acting like don't be afraid to challenge these casting directors to help them help you understand what they're looking for, to help them help you understand like what the role is. Don't be afraid to ask them, like, are there other roles you think I would be better for? You know, because a lot of times they don't know and they don't know what your skill set is and they're dealing with all type of stuff. So sometimes you literally just you, you know, everybody's in their own movie. And sometimes you just have to be like, hey, you know, and take them out of that moment and you'll see that you'll get results. The first, the first callback I ever got was because I went in for a role and and the the casting director was like, You played this differently than the breakdown. And I had to jostle with myself real quick. Like, am I going to keep it hundred right now? Today is the day the revolution. I think today is the revolution. Yeah, because it's racist. And
0: like, oh no, god. no, no. It wasn't the revolution. It was an eruption <laughs> of consciousness.
1: But he was like, "Oh my god, thank you, thank you." See, Trisha, see. And the and Trisha, the assistant, was like, "He did say it. He
0: said Trisha it was, <laughs> he
1: said it was racist." Um, her name changes every time I tell this story. But Karen, she was not a Karen. She was not. She was a Hannah. She did he did say it was. Hey. And they were like, get her a, get her a call back right now. But when I what I was gonna say was, um Vicky was like, Yeah, we do have a part. It's uh Ivy League early 30s graduate. And I was like, Oh, you mean me? Like my mm. actual life? And I read for Tiffany, and I don't, you know, character descriptions change and morph, but like that's where they were at that time. And you know, um, I auditioned and then there was four auditions and they were taxing. Uh, because if you know the people auditioning you, it's more stressful than when you don't.
0: Mm. So like,
1: he's in there like, you know, cause she <laughs> can't, you know, and then Prentice, I always tell Prentice, Prentice would be in the audition like this.
0: <laughs> See, and I will tell you, that's why I, I will never audition. I did one audition and, I thought I did well. And then when I walked out of there, I was like, you know, fuck this. It's too much shit. Like, <laughs> I, I don't. It's I don't blame you. I
1: don't blame you. Listen, I'm very happy to be at a point in my career where for the most part I am offer only. Um, you know, people don't understand that I did not audition for The Real. They literally were like, hey, do you want to do this? Um, mm-hmm. I was I never auditioned for that show the same way that I I didn't get fired. Like, And, and while we're teaching. A lot of people don't know how TV works and how contracts work. And I just want to, I want to talk about this because I know a lot of your viewers are people who want to be in the business And, and I'm, you know, people make mistakes and go through things so that we can share that information to keep people from making those same mistakes. And I have a contract that is set up in two parts. I joined a show at the, in the middle of a season. So we have to carry out the rest of the season. Then you start a new full season. You're not going to get paid the same for those two pieces because one of them didn't have a budget for you and the other one they're going to create a new budget for. So in order to do that properly, they have to break it up and there's going to be a end of season and then an option and then the beginning of your contract as it's fully realized. So what happens is there's a point where that option hits the wall for renewal. So... For the most part, you're crossing your fingers that when we hit that option renewal, they're going to renew your contract, right? So that's like most people are just like, okay, my option, today is the day that my option is up. Are they going to fulfill the option or are they going to cancel it? I don't know. But in some cases, you may not want to have that option carry through. And- You know, sometimes you don't have the you don't you don't have the option of challenging the option sometimes because you've made a contractual agreement that if they pick up your option, you're going to go along.
2: You got to do it.
1: But sometimes (laughs) there are miracles. And in some cases, a network will ask you, can we get an extension on picking up your option? Mm.
0: I've had that, and I've had to say "fuck no" nah, because that first option was an option that worked for you and didn't work for me.
1: And that's Hello. when the leverage shifts. And for a lot of us, we don't know about how to do that. We don't know about when that happens, what we can do. And a lot of us, for what it's worth, are in places where we do need to. We're, we're like, we no, please. It. No, we right. it. Please extend it. Please like me, like me uh, here. I'm being graceful. I'm being gracious. I'm, I'm benevolent. Please. Yes, extend it. Take your time. Let me know. I'll be here. You know, we've been in those spaces. This was not one of those spaces. This was a space where, you know, they asked for an extension and I didn't feel like this was the best place for me to continue yeah. and had... You know had had the different had there been a different conversation you know there would have been different conversations but the conversation that was had was we would like the option to extend our option and that gave me the option to make a better option
0: which was (laughs) they were probably relying on you to just stay
1: (laughs) well i think you know for what it's worth like this business often feels like people need it
0: Mm -hmm. so did you give them like a small did you give them a small dose of reality
1: we're doing that right now.
0: No, I mean, shout out to your book, Small Do- It was Small Doses. Oh, you know? Small
1: Doses. That was a- <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I just didn't want to be in a place where I was being. I and my co-host were being muted for the preservation of profit.
0: Mm. Mm. And how crazy is this now, right? I'm not even turning to the real because the real is sitting right outside my house with the military.
2: It's going down.
0: And and here's where where people need to be like very okay with letting go of things that don't work for them because you can't be frustrated that people don't see it when you see it because they will see it later. And right now is the time to be having real conversations about race because guess what? That's all people are talking about. If I post a fashion nova post right now, they will burn me down. They're like, uh, uh-uh. uh, don't don't talk to me about buying no damn skirt when people are getting shot in the face with with uh with you know uh, yeah real, or whatever. real shit going on so right now.
1: I launched my app SFB Society, and I was legit like, are you going? Should you launch this right now? Like, there's so much going on, and I really had a crisis of conscience with that. And I and I you know I'm a very like aware person of like because I because you know, a lot of people feel like you become a celebrity and you were never a fan. Like, you know, I've been a fan way longer than I was a celebrity. Like, even though I've been on TV since I was 12, like, I wasn't popping like that. Like, I was still a consumer. I'm still a consumer. Like, you think I wasn't hyped that Snoop came on my live? Fuck out of here. I'm always not, like. Not,
0: not gin and juice. <laughs>
1: not gin not, not, you know, we, <laughs> uh, what am I saying?
0: Murder was the case that they gave him, but he beat it. But he, <laughs> he
1: it. and we uh, ain't leaving till six in the morning. Like I got chicks in the living room getting it on, and they're not leaving till six in the morning. I mean, it, it, like, so you 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 have been in that space. Like it's not like you just showed up to celebrity. Like I'm mm-hmm. I i, I was not you know North Kardashian or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't show up here or there. So the I still come from a place of that. And I feel like so many folks don't want you to be that. They like they yeah. they're like, no, you're over there now. You can't be a part of speaking with us. You're no, you're not in. And I'm like, no, I'm still the peanut gallery. I'm still over here. I, I, I want to be a part of us.
0: Wait, so what's the app called?
1: Oh, so I created SFB Society, and because I am still a part of that consciousness, like I'm thoughtful about like, okay, I don't want to do anything that if I, you know, that, that's going to make people feel like I would feel, you know, if somebody posts some fuck shit right now. And, um, and I had, I had a lot of encouragement from, from folks who were just like, well, your app SFV society is about creating a safe space for black folks to be their whole black selves. And it's membership only so that we mm-hmm. can keep trolls and hoteps and Karens out, you know, so that we can actually have real conversations without having yeah. to be distracted by folks who are detracting from actual high vibration and actual, you know, excellence. So, you know, the whole premise is vibes, jokes, facts. So we want to talk about wellness. We're talking about, you know, information, but we're doing it through a humorous lens. And I really was like worried about putting this out for the same reason, Jason, that you said that like you ain't trying to post a Fashion Nova, but I'm, 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 I'm really appreciative to have like a, a crew of folks around me that are not sycophants Right. Because I know they would keep it a buck and be like, nah. Um, but they were able to brainstorm with me about the best way to continue to move forward as a black woman, and entrepreneur, even in these times.
2: You have but, to. But
1: but to also be responsible and aware about these times. But so I, think one, we need
2: a, I think we need a Tuesday where we're supporting black businesses, uh, regardless of what it is. If, if it's black.
1: Blackout Tuesday was, by the way.
2: And I think that's what we need to have. Like, I don't feel like it should be. I don't feel like any black business owner should feel weird about promoting black business right now. This is it should be a surge of it. And that's where it gets weird with. Like, I don't want to promote and look like I'm trying to make profit, but we need profit to fund our community. We need to build our own economy. That's what we need.
1: Even when, just like black people supporting black folks, it's like it's almost this thought process that says like, I shouldn't have to put money in to support what you're doing because you should be doing it for free because it's for us. And it's like you do understand that part of us is about us having our own economy. We and need so it We need to first. do that. We need to be able to like filter money through us. And when we only feel comfortable spending money on outside stuff, it's like that's a very distorted view. We did Smart, Funny in Black, which is my live show. We did it. We did a virtual version. We did SFB. We did Smart, Funny in Black in the crib. We did it on June, we did it on May 15th and the next one is on Juneteenth, on June 19th. We sold tickets. We sold 2,800 tickets nice. at various levels. $5, $10, $35 and $50. We sold five. We sold a $1,005 tickets the first day and then we kept those other tickets open and we had to open up our tickets because we had sold out and people were like, but we still want to come, we still want to watch. And there were people that were like, how's she gonna charge people to see this? Like, how she they gonna charge for a show? And people were like, and this is why I love people though who get it. They're like, this is her job. Like, she can't get unemployment. Like, this is her actual job. Like, she she doesn't have an OnlyFans. This is her job.
0: Now, Amanda. <laughs> now, now, Amanda, you could do a woke OnlyFans now.
2: A woke, a woke
0: OnlyFans.
2: I was
1: thinking about doing an OnlyFans <laughs> where like I'm naked, but like I'm covered with like
0: excerpts from James Baldwin books, right? Exactly. That's so, what yeah, I'm saying. Creative. Be creative. Yes. I learned from that. I'll tell you
2: that. Now, <laughs> that i read that book. <laughs> yeah. I do want to get your opinions on the riots and uh, the looting, you know, from your perspective and your lens, you know, how are you digesting that, that what's going on outside every day? I'm, I just drove down Melrose. All the businesses are boarded up. There's military on every corner with guns. It just seems very surreal. I just want to get your opinion on it.
1: I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I'm i not in L.A. right now, and I, I need to get back because I do feel like I, I need to see this with my own eyes. And I've been out here. My mom has surgery, and um, she's fine. But, you know, the quarantine, I didn't want to quarantine in L.A., and then this popped off, and I was still here. And I, I'm I'm coming back, and I'm worried. I'm not going to lie to you because I don't know what to expect. But... I, I think the biggest thing is just realizing that, you know, in many, in every other time that we were protesting, we were protesting Supreme Court decisions. We were were protesting, uh, you know, we were protesting like a police officer, you know, Mm -hmm. we were protesting, uh, you know, the president. We, I mean, we've, we've protested a lot of things, but we ain't never really protested the police in general.
0: (laughs) A system, the the system the system of racist police. Yeah.
1: So they're taking it very personal as they should. Um, and I think that's something that we need to consider, like they're operating this way because we are coming for them. So you can't bring a pen to a gunfight. Like we before, they were there to keep the order. Nah, they looking at it like we here to defend ourselves and our purpose. Mm-hmm. And if we try and consider from a place of compassion it's like even though it's fuck the police all day if someone has decided to put themselves in a position of purpose and power and you come to tell them fuck your purpose fuck your power how you think they're gonna respond right
0: which is why i act the way i act when they come for hollywood unlock boom got it so <laughs> do, you, do you and, feel and, and, like- ditto,
1: and ditto right because because my thing right. is like, you know well people will come for me and i'm like you can come from my opinions that's fine but when you come from my character like get mm-hmm. out of here and mm-hmm. it's so and, and just a side note so many folks try to come from my character because they can't come from my points of view like mm-hmm. they'll really just try to come from my, oh she's a narcissist you don't even know what a fucking narcissist.
0: I, I, I've, is. I've seen those comments where they're like fuck her but she she told the truth
1: <laughs> like f- just, just say you mad i'm cute and keep it moving
2: um
1: <laughs> But, but do you feel when, like
2: the looting is
1: But I was about to get to that. Like the yeah. looting is a I mean, listen, it's par for the course. It's par for the course. Like this is this is a this is not any different than any revolution we have ever seen. Yeah. Which I thought it was gonna be, you know? And like I, I've seen a lot of store owners who are like, well, you know, this is just kind of the L we had to take, you know, because and, and and I know there's somebody right now who's like, well, that's easy for her to say because she doesn't have a store. You are correct. Um but i I will say it
2: it hits different when i have friends that i see on instagram and their stores are completely looted you know everything broken it did hit different and i feel like i'm 50 50 on the looting because i feel like at the end of the day every civil war i have seen around the world the streets look like that people are uprising they're tearing shit down but at the same time it does hit different when i know i have friends that have black owned businesses and our own people are going in there but
0: but here's here's where i'm not here's where i'm not 50 50 right Okay. In, a, in a war, there's always casualties, right? And property property can be replaced. All these businesses who were shut down for three months because of the pandemic that was basically caused by the lack of leadership in this country at being, being the spread of it, you got a blessing because you can file a claim now. So all your losses really are a gain because your business has been closed for three, for three months. I'm not personally feeling sorry for people. I do feel bad that, The the message of the Black Lives Matter and what's happening around George Floyd and the resurgence of energy around fighting for um, fighting the systemic oppression of black people has been hijacked by looters who are opportunistic. But at the same time, this is what I, I will try to say, like like Keisha Lance Bottoms. I love her. I love what she's doing from afar. I don't know her. I love the optics of everything. And I love the fact that she got celebrities to stand with her and say, we will not have this destruction in Atlanta because Atlanta is not, is all black and Atlanta don't have those problems. And then God said, "Uh uh-uh, you're not going to get involved with what's happening. Then we saw the black police do that to those college students in Mm -hmm. Atlanta. Right after she said it, let me tell you something. I really believe God, the whole universe don't make no mistakes. So, Everybody could pick a side, but really, right now, what it is, it's a, it's the side that believes that until black people and I'll even throw brown people are not hunted by, killed or beaten unjustly by police, and that there's real change. You, don't talk to me about AutoZone. Don't talk to me yeah, about but,
2: Target. Yeah, yeah, I was talking to my brother about it. It's a reflection of our society. A lot of these looters are poor, and they've been poor their whole damn life, so they see an opportunity to go out and take something. It's just, it just still reflects on everything that's going on in general
0: but tiffany said something really interesting last night she was talking about she just moved all her money out of city national and she moved it into a black-owned bank and she said now that property value is going to go down in some of these areas that have been de- destroyed we as people color pe- people of color need to find a way buy to it. come together to buy, buy it, it because the national well, guard is here right. to protect the property not you the people Tiffany Haddish oh. yeah we were having this whole conversation last night about we gotta buy we gotta buy the property we gotta own it you know what I mean so so yeah I mean it, it's unfortunate I would say but I don't feel bad
1: <laughs> I think you know you summed it up really specifically when you <laughs> said like there's gonna be casualties and we just we would rather the casualties be property than people
0: yeah well this has been an interesting conversation I, I, I walked away having created so many sound bites um <laughs> Uh, and I would love to stay connected with you. I'm actually putting together a town hall. We interview Maxine Waters uh, tomorrow, but but we're, we're we're putting together this town hall of a lot of people who I feel like are, a, now I don't want to say woke, but know what's happening, didn't just find out what's happening and could elevate all of this rage into a conversation of like real solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I would love to like have you a part of that, Tiffany, Common, a lot of some other folks. Um Talking to oh, Sean King later.
1: You gonna have a cup along? All right now.
0: Nah. I'm not here to confirm or deny that I, that's the tea I can't spill, but I don't know. I just is my friends, you know.
1: Well, I'm just speaking on the bumble commercial, but carry on.
0: Isn't that the date that we all feel like we went on together? <laughs> yes. Okay, I so 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 what else is next? Like you literally are Jamaican, like you literally do everything. I'm
1: actually Grenadian and all West Indian. Hey.
0: <laughs> I mean, in terms of having twenty jobs, like you I'm do. Saying all single. West Indians
1: are like that. West Indians as a culture,
0: oh really? We have
1: many jobs I know that. That. that I know that. That's the living. I know that's the in living color reference. I have one job, two job, three jobs, four job. I only have two jobs. Oh God! But that really is an immigrant uh, way of life. Um, and my mother is from Grenada, and that has been passed down to me, uh, even though I am American-born and the descendant of slaves. Mm. So let's just, since people love to be like, Amanda has a white parent and Amanda is not from here. And I'm like, my parents are black, (laughs) both of them. I have a white great-grandfather and I have a white great-grandmother and I don't know when that made somebody mixed. We have completely shifted what mixed means, but last I checked, it was when you got one and another. Who
0: have but 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 I but I have an Italian mother. Can we please put an end to dissecting how black you know, we and proud? Can, but
1: I also want to be. I want to put an end to being misrepresented in my reality. So that's it.
0: what I'm saying. That's all I'm oh, saying. Oh no! When I was saying, can we put an end? That was not to you. That was to the masses. Because I always get told, you ain't even black Mexican. I'm like Mexican. I'm not even Mexican. I'm black and Italian. What the fuck are you talking about? I but deal with the same cow. thing every day, Jason. I know. No, like, you don't. Your name Mexican? is your, your name is Abdul Mohammed <laughs> Nigga, they not ain't no mistake. They know.
1: <laughs> What's your middle name? No. Because that's the kicker. If it's my Lamont, first
2: name is Abdul Caduce. That's my full first name.
1: Black and black. Caduce. Caduce. Y-Milada. Um, you're giving us where? So are your parents Muslim?
2: Yeah, I was born in Philly.
1: <laughs> there we go. Um, well, you know, Bismillah. Uh, so. I, when you said what's next, um,
0: and damn, if you were born just a little later, you would have been a really good sign. You would have been a Leo like me.
1: No, I'm a cancer. So I could cry at any time.
0: Um, <laughs> that kind of threw me off. I don't see you as a kid. Ca- I did not see you really? as a cancer. Oh, I'm a
1: cancer to the hilt. To the hilt with a Virgo really? rising. No. So that comes together and I live a tortured ex- existence because of it. Thank you. Um yeah, no, cancers are hypersensitive, but we are which plays out in a number of ways and we're very creative and we're loyal to a fault and um we are empathic and we are psychic and we are known for being able to really like peep the game. Like we can peep things and you know we be in our shells but when we come out we're like oh oh no cut that off so people are like amanda was only at the real for five months that's like five seconds it's like it only took me five seconds to know i needed to go like <laughs> 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 but i also understand obligations and contractual obligations and such and so mm-hmm. i stuck it out and then you know the lord the lord blessed me with an opportunity. <laughs> To did connected. you,
0: did you, feel did you feel like a freed slave or is that the type of freedom that you felt? Or I will is never,
1: it- I will never make that comparison, uh, because that's that not the same, but will I say that I did, did I run around my house, uh, free, and, at last. Uh, free liberation? Did I say free at last? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> Thank God almighty. Free at last. Um, but let me just say yeah. this, but that comes from just me having having a lot of awakenings especially during this quarantine to understanding where i want to go next in my life and that and that that is not a space that i feel like serves my purpose on on earth in the way that i want to from this point forward like i i don't i don't want to have hollywood be the center of my life i want to build my own businesses i want to you know, grow SFP society. I wanna have my own, you know, space of entertainment. I want my Smart, Funny and Black mm-hmm. entertainment to grow, to be able to be off YouTube and be an independent mm-hmm. space of content. I want to, you know, grow my apparel line, Illustrious League, you know, which is gonna have clothes, I mean, apparel and jewelry and bags. Like I want to, you know, put out, I'm not gonna tell y'all all my plans, but I've just come to really in this, in this time see the value of my, my own power as an autonomous person. And also in this, in this uprising in particular, we have to, we have to center the importance of economic independence.
0: Hello. I agree. Build our economy, it's time. I I agree. Okay, last question. Um, Last question, what do you think about um, the Joe Biden interview at the Breakfast Club and the whole conversation around what Biden had to say?
1: You know, I just think that it was very telling of his disconnect from the constituency that supported him for so long. And I, I will always support my brother Charlemagne because even when he um, hasn't handled something the way that maybe it could have... Even when there's a be- there seems like a better way that he could have handled something, he's open to critique. I have no critique on how he handled that situation. Zero. Uh, I think that for what it's worth, people still have an inane... Um, Necessity to make white people feel comfortable, uh, particularly mm-hmm. old white people, particularly people that have a quote unquote political position. And I think Charlemagne met him with the same energy he would meet anybody else with, which is why we gotta fuck with people who are authentic in all spaces. You know, he really just was like, this is where we're at. He only got 17 minutes. How you only give black press 17 minutes, but you need all the black votes? You only had this many minutes, but you need all the black votes. He hasn't been on AM Joy with Joy Reid. Like, you know, there isn't, there needs to be, there needs to be a respect shown. And to me, it seems like, it just seems like something you would do just organically. And so his comments on the show, they did frustrate me. It does not change the fact that, oh really, Us Weekly wants to interview me. Interesting. It doesn't change the fact that we absolutely are going to need to vote for whoever the democratic option is because that's the way our party system is set up. But it does mean, but it does, but it also doesn't mean that we can't defy, like we can't
0: challenge. Yeah, Yeah. we can challenge.
1: We can't, we, and you know what it's like, it's not even like challenging. Like it's simply just,
0: it's it's challenging. It's not provoking. It's challenging, not provoking. provoking.
1: There There it is. So yeah, that's my thoughts on that. You know, I, um, I just always try and remind people like, listen, we in the long game. So like there is, there are steps that we'll have to take to create more space for the other steps we have to take voting for whoever the democratic candidate is based on our current party system. Mm. Seems like the most logical choice. And if that's Joe Biden, then that's what we need to do. But at the same time, I need him to do better at representing for the people who are representing for him.
0: And we have to be involved with the political process not just when it's time to vote or elect. Right.
1: But that's what this is. And I think that's what a lot of people are mistaking. Like, this is us being involved in the process, like making these demands and saying like, this is what we want from you. Like we're being involved in the process. If we didn't do this and then he came in office and did nothing, people would be like, well, damn, we should have said something. Well, it's being said.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on the show and answering everything, um, except for that one question, but I just had to throw that in there because they're going to light me up if I don't ask it. And I did get your message on Instagram. We misspelled your name in the hashtag. I didn't. I didn't do it. My team did it. But thank you for correcting us. So you can always come back here if you need us. Um, and anything we could do to support you, that'd be great. And I'm gonna send you my book, and I'm gonna get your book.
1: Yeah. Thank y'all so much. I appreciate you. And I will say, I'm not even shitting you. Like, whenever y'all post me, I'm I I I'm like thankful because your comment section really has a different. A different point of view and a different level of respect and that is because of how you curate what you put out there and i think not enough sites understand that and if more did they w- we would see a shift so yeah I,
0: part of that i shift. mean yeah of course i feel like to do anything other than that would be literally the people that we're fighting right now in the streets right so like and even worse because it'd be us doing it to our own people you know but uh yeah but- let's just end it there let's just leave it. At Yeah, let's just end it at, uh, let's put a period there, but know that there are more (laughs) comments to come. Yeah. All right, thank you so much.
1: Thank y'all, be safe.
0: (laughs) Bye-bye. What up, YouTube? Thank you for watching this reckless show.
1: Yeah, and hit that subscribe button, and don't forget to hit the
0: notification bell. And
2: also don't forget to share and leave a comment, because we are reading.